expert with our weekly probate weekly program. We get together every Thursday, 4 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Eastern to talk about all things probate. We have investors, wannabe investors, wholesalers, bird doggers, real estate agents, families in probate, attorneys, vendors get together and talk about all things probate real estate. Now, I'm really uh, a couple quick housekeeping items. Uh, we've been we've been Zoom bomb. We're, I think we're the largest live Zoom um, probate call in America. We were getting 70, 80 people a week, which is great. But we also get one or two mischievous Zoom bombers. So if you're on the call on Zoom uh, live, uh, we do make you uh, stay muted until we call on you. But we love to participate. So feel free to raise your hand using the reactions or put in the chat box if you have a question or if you want to type your question out, that's great. If you're watching, we, we do live stream this on YouTube and Facebook and LinkedIn. Uh, if you're there and you put in something in the chat box while we're live, I'll try to catch that and get that on the call. And if you do it afterwards, we will as well catch it and do our best to answer right away. So that's the housekeeping. I will say that the goal of this is to be participative. I'm not a coach. I'm not selling coaching. I'm not selling data or websites. What I'm doing is I'm a practitioner. I'm in business of listing and selling probate real estate every day. And my goal of this vision was to get together with other practitioners to share best practices, best vendors, push each other to do better, to help each of us increase our income and make more wealth in real estate, which is our goal along. And while I started primarily in Los Angeles, I'm building a national team of probate experts throughout the country. If you're interested in talking about that, offline, feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to talk to you, uh, one person per county. That's it. I do build myself as the LA probate expert. When I say that, I'm talking about a particular niche that I think I'm an expert in, but I'm excited to have today a guy who has killed it in probate, in real estate, in Los Angeles. And he's actually followed some program that I think a lot of you have tried, uh, but I think very few have been successful at in the way he built his business. I'm really excited to have today a colleague, a competitor, uh, but more importantly, I think a friend. We've been on this journey together for the last two or three years, uh, Josh Vigofas. So Josh, welcome to our call today. And is Josh frozen or am I frozen? Josh with a serious look, frozen or I'm frozen? Am I good? Can you hear me? Testing one, two, three. Okay, and Josh is talking now. Yeah, I think he fell off earlier and he, there he goes again. Okay, so all that green tea, <laughs> I don't know if you heard it, but it's recorded, I guess, so he'll hear it. So I will say that the reason why I have in mind in particular, for those of you who are looking to build a business in probate, when you go to different vendors, my experience is almost all the companies will promote really only one of two methods of building the business. Now, I, mean, I teach there's 11 different systems that you can use to build your business. It's on my YouTube channel. If you go to YouTube at Bill Gross EXP, you'll see uh, 11 ways to sell real estate. But Josh has taken one of the two, um, and a lot of companies will sell you the data of the petitioners, urge you to call them. And other companies will say the data and letters and urge you to call, hold call attorneys. And I imagine in smaller counties, less competitive, or maybe people more homely, homey, friendly, or whatever inviting, um, that might work. In Los Angeles, is very challenging. We are the largest probate court in America. 95% uh, of the attorneys have only done one probate in the last two years or less. So to cold call attorneys, it's going to be very difficult, I think, challenging, I should say, in order to build a business, cold calling attorneys you haven't met before. That said, Josh has done it. Uh, he's logging back in here, hopefully. Um, Josh has done it. Josh has was one of the few agents. When people ask me or tell me, hey, I want to go out um, uh, building my business by cold calling attorneys, I tell them, for the longest time I told them, that I don't know anybody who's actually built their business that way. But I would say in Josh's case, he has done it. He's done a great job. And um, let me get him to um, make him the co-host and get him to unmute himself. And where are you, Josh? Uh, asked the video, or he's still logging in. Okay, that's where it goes. And uh, you know, technology today, this is just how things are, but we're gonna we're gonna get through this. Pin, uh, asked our video. Josh, you there? Can you hear us? Josh, hello. Uh, testing one, two, three. Can you hear me, Josh? 
Okay, well, we're having some technical issues here. Let's do this while we're waiting for him, because uh, your video's not on. I don't know if your camera's turned off or you're coming in on a different phone or something. Okay, well, hmm. so let's talk about while he, I'm sure he'll figure out technology at some point here. So let's talk about the, is anybody else this call? Uh, well, thank you, Jess, putting in the chat box. There is the link to the YouTube on the 11 different ways you can develop business and probate. And again, I think the companies that sell data typically will tell you there's two ways. They'll tell you you can buy their data and cold call the petitioners, or you can buy their data and cold call and market to the attorneys. And I would say there's nine other ways. And most people don't have the phone skill and the discipline it takes to call nonstop and to follow up on your mailers or your phone and deal with the rejection of contacting attorneys. Josh has done it. He's built a nice business as a result, but it's remained a secret here until he figures out in seven minutes. So we're gonna give him a few minutes. Let me see if I can go through some of the questions. Uh, Richie asks, is it recorded? This is being uh, live streamed and recorded to um, uh, YouTube and Facebook. And if you register for the call, you get an email link with the um, recording afterwards. Um, so it's recorded. And do have a rep in San Diego County? No, uh, I love somebody in San Diego County. I was talking to somebody today uh, who's referring me to her sister, but as of this time, we don't have anybody. Um, and Jess tells you recorded, great. And okay, so we're there. Uh, Josh, you there with us? Okay, so we're gonna, he's still, I think, working on his technology. I got a question here from Michelle. Michelle, do you wanna mute yourself and ask the question out loud, or do you wanna, um, uh, let's do that. Let me see if I can find you and unmute you, and you can ask your questions. It's much more interesting. Um, Michelle asked to unmute. Michelle, go ahead and ask your question on uh, something going to foreclosure. Hi. Okay, Hi. so um, so I've been uh, searching. I've been working with foreclosures and uh, short sales and things like that. And this one happened to be uh, a person that I knew who had passed. So I knew, therefore, that probate would be involved. Um, and so I contacted the family because I just so happened to know them. And um, there was a long laundry list of family members. Uh, they had received a document from the attorneys representing the first mortgage. And it looks like the document that is um, requesting or appointing for a probate attorney to be the administrator. So now that I have the family, what do we need to do to make this role so that she has to be, um, what do you call that with the court, right? She has to be, um, the probate attorney is the one that has to register with the court. Is that right? Well, okay, so a couple things. Let's just find a few things. First, Michelle, uh, it's nice to see you on a call live. Uh, you and I chat often because uh, she's in Hawaii, so aloha. And uh, she's a fellow ASPR. And so what, so what um, in your question, you say the minister is being appointed by the court. So law is, procedure is a little different in Hawaii and California, but in general, when petitions to the court to be named or approved as the administrator executor, and then at some point the court approves that. And when the court approves it, they give you a certain basket of rights and responsibilities that you now take on on behalf of the estate. So it sounds like you found the family, but the administrator is the one, at least in California, who makes the decisions, but they have to follow guidelines. What does that mean? So if they have full authority, unless somebody complains along the way, they have the ability to sell the property, for example. But normally they have to notice everybody either filing a court document and or sending out to the court um, a, a document saying, you agree that we're gonna sell the property for this amount of money or whatever. And so in your case, you say the administrator has been appointed by the court. The only person you really need to talk to is the administrator or their attorney. And at that point, you need to know what they wanna do. They wanna sell the property. If they have full authority, they have pretty much full authority in most cases, but they, if you say there's multiple family members, if one of the family members is causing a problem, it's gonna cause a problem for everybody. So you really want to contact the administrator is the first point of contact or okay. the attorney. 
So actually, I'll, th I'll take that back because it looks like they were requesting, but they were re for filing the petition. Person. Yes, filing the petition okay. for to for the person to be an administrator. So maybe it's so, not. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Got it. So filing for petition means they don't yet have the authority. Anybody can file for anything. The court may or may not approve it. So there are procedures that can expedite. The reason why in California, you file for a petition, you are typically getting a hearing 30, 45 days later. And if that's not, if that's too long, you can file with the court for an emergency. Um, uh, be, you can be appointed uh, a special administrator with, to, with the rights be to prove the court there's a reason to do that. And every county in California is different. Every state's a little different. So I would get with an attorney in Hawaii. One of the things I would recommend is find a probate attorney that you can ask these kind of questions to and that can help you specifically as it relates to these kind of strategies. Can they do an expedited emergency petition of some sort? In California, in LA, very easy to do. Orange County, almost impossible. Different philosophy. In LA, the judges will always accommodate somebody with a story and an excuse. In Orange County, they're saying, hey, we're busy and we have rules. And you know, you sat on that, you sat on that mortgage for six months before you filed. So we're not going to give you uh, let you cut the line in front of other people who filed the procedure in a timely manner. So again, varies by county, it varies by state. And I would urge you to talk to a probate attorney who really knows the ins and outs of Hawaii. And then I imagine the county or island. How are you guys broken up as a state? Is it by island or is it by county or both? County. County. So I, I would find an attorney. Who, I would really look hard to find an attorney. You might call your past client database, your sphere to find. Does anybody know a probate attorney that you can run some questions off of? Because finding the right answer is going to give you the strategy. And to me, that's what an expert is always learning and trying to improve. I also would urge you to look at YouTube, Hawaii Probate, to learn those rules. I'd also urge you to are there any books in California? We have probate code book I bought and other books that I buy as well. Um, okay, before we go further, uh, Josh turned off his video back on. Josh, how are you doing? I'm good. Sorry, I'm having some sound issues. So, okay, I'm not gonna complain because I've been having sound issues. I have two different computers, I've had video and sound on both of them, and they're both I spent a lot of money and time on both. So, I am sympathetic. Welcome to our call. Great to have you here. Thanks for having me, man. Since we have some sound, let's go. Let's go quick, Michelle. Glad to help you. Let's go quick. So, give me a little background. Uh, Where did you grow up? How did you get into real estate, and how did you get into probate real estate? I grew up uh, eight and a half years in Puerto Rico. Um, had a significant uh, loss um, in my family. Uh, lost my. Um, mom and grandma at an early age oh. and uh, ended up moving to Atlanta with my aunt and uncle and um, stayed there till I was uh, out of college and then made the transition. I followed a girl out to California. I think I told you that before. Mm -hmm. And uh, I stayed here ever since. And then I worked uh, for a Fortune 500 company in sales for about five years. And then I just got... I just got sick of working for the man, you know, and it doesn't uh, matter who the man is either. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter if the, the man's man a woman, <laughs> a man or woman. I just got, <laughs> I just got sick of the corporate world, you know, and I, I think I've never been, uh, I think I've never liked authority anyways. Um, and so I was just in this corporate hamster wheel. Um, and I just decided, Hey man, if I'm, if I'm going to do something with my life, I'd rather go fail on my own. Um, so I, uh, called a bandit sign, which led me to my first mentor who was an investor who focused, uh, heavily on foreclosures. Um, he ended up getting his license. I got my license. I would, uh, I started door knocking foreclosures, NOD, NTSs. That's how I got my first couple deals. So I was hungry from the beginning. And then um, I went with him one day to, to Kevin's class, Kevin Sales, with his wife, Darla, at the Downey Association of Realtors. And that's really when I got introduced to probate. And um, I didn't get into probate immediately. Um, it probably took me like another six months to a year before um, I decided that that's what I wanted to focus on. And the rest is history, man. 
Well, Kevin Sells is a title rep with Lawyer's Title Insurance, and he uh, really helped me kind of launch my business from scratch and probate three years ago as well. So he's a great resource. Anybody who's in California who is interested in probate is a tremendous resource. Uh, and I'd urge you to reach out to him. He has a Facebook group. He has a book on probate, a book on flipping. So definitely worth getting to know. So give us a, an idea of, and, and look, I, I don't have any real leverage or you don't own anything, but you know, I always want to inspire the person who's out there struggling and maybe they're selling the houses to pay the bills, but sinking financially in the long run. You've done much burden that. I know you've showed me some of your personal success, married, first child, buying a house. For the guy out there or girl who's out there struggling, share with us kind of give us some of the highlights of your business success over the last couple of years. And now you're muted. I don't know how we did that. Hold on, you're muted. It was, it was, my business was crappy until it wasn't. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot to kind of cover in like 30 to 45 minutes. But for me, I just, I just got, um, I got sick of working for somebody. I, I knew I had uh, aspirations to have a better life for myself and my family. Um, I knew that I wasn't scared to talk to people, to knock on a door and get told to F off. Um, I knew that I needed to live in action um, as much as possible if I wanted to do something and be successful. And so that's what I try to do every day. Um, and so I, I focused on who are the people that I can talk to that need help um, and that have high motivation to sell. And NODs and NTSs for me were difficult, not difficult, but you know, you have to go through like 20 before you find one that's like a maybe. Um, and then there's notice of default, yeah, notice of default, NTS, notice of trustee sale. So, um, and then there's expires, which is super saturated. State coach tells you hit the expires, hit the FISBOS. Um, and I had some success that way, but I wanted, I wanted more traction. And so, you know, why not probate? That's really the answer. You know, it's such a large industry and so many people need help in that space and don't know what they're doing or don't know about the process. And so I came from a place of love and service and, you know, how can I be of service to you rather than what can you do for me to feed me? And uh, it kind of snowballs from there, right? You do one deal, you learn about the process, um, you work with one attorney, they see how you work, then you got that attorney, right? Um, that trusts you and knows you do a good job. Then you do another deal with another attorney, you get good reviews, the reviews pile up, you know? So then when you go to interview for another job, another probate sale, and you go against somebody who did, I don't know, a sale two years ago, and I've done 27, in the past year, you know, it's like a no brainer. So it just, it's a snowball that continues to accumulate. So one of the things we talk about is the importance of leveraging your success and leveraging your business. You have to build something that builds on itself so it gets better and faster and grow, right? So you've done that. And I think you have to have an eye towards that. It's hard to do when you start because you're just desperate to get that first sale, yeah. right? You don't have the leverage, you don't have momentum. But it's so important to think about down the road. You don't want to get your first, second, and third. That doesn't lead to a fourth, or else you're starting all over again from scratch, right? Right. So, what was it that you were willing to do to get that first and second and third sale? I know you have colleagues in your company, in your office. You meet, like I do, other agents every day on the phone or in the field. What were you willing? To, and I'm sure you get phone calls. People must tell you all the time, well, "I want to do what you did. I want to copy you. I'm going to follow you around," and they disappear. Yeah. What were you willing to do to get that first and second and third sale that other people weren't willing to do? I knocked on doors. That's how I started. The first deal I got was in Pacoima. It was a gentleman who had a reverse mortgage who was losing his house. Older gentleman. He fell behind, I think, on the property taxes. I literally just knocked on the door and I didn't know anything about reverse mortgages, but I brought two people in who knew a hell of a lot more than I did. 
And I learned from that. And I got the deal and we double ended the deal. And I think I made, it was like a $15,000 commission, but I got $7,500. I'd never seen a check that big. So that just, that was motivation. Then my second deal, it was, I think a foreclosure too. We sold it to a developer. She got equity, you know? So that's, that's what I was willing to do. I just knocked on doors in the beginning. And then I figured out, well, shoot, I'm knocking on doors, but I'm only able to get like through 10 doors in like two to three hours. So why don't I try to be more efficient and maybe call in the morning and then go out and knock on doors, right? Because I can talk to more people that way. And then I did that. And then I got into probate. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't probate in the beginning. Okay. Once you had real estate sale going, how did you get your first one or two probate sales? Um, how did I? My first probate sale, I didn't sell because I still wasn't familiar with the process. Mm -hmm. um, there were a lot of encumbrances that were on the property. There were like solar panels and it just, the equity wasn't there. So I didn't even sell the house. That property sold that auction. Um, I think one of the first sales I did was probably I called somebody on my, I just called a petition, out of state petitioner. And um, I went up against two agents, one which was recommended by the attorney, another one which was an agent that lived on the same street but didn't know probate. And I just built that relationship with her where I learned more about the process and I ultimately beat out the other two agents. And from that deal, I built the relationship with the attorney that's gotten me like another half dozen deals. Fantastic. So let's break that down again. You've got one deal, you use that to learn. And I think this is what agents make the mistake is they'll call me and, and I let agents, I have real estate agents call me every day with problems. I'm glad to help. So if you're on the call, I'm glad to help. But you're too quick to get the answer, but not learn the process, not learn the material so that you can take that deal and not just solve it, but, but present that to the next two people to leverage your success. And that's right. what you're able to do. Right. And to me, that's why, you know, I get asked, it's funny, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of defending myself here today. I don't know why. I get asked a lot, like, well, well I wasn't calling. I learned how to get business. Like, well, yeah, it takes more than a phone call for an hour to learn how to get business. This is the process. Expertise yeah. is a process, not a certificate, right? So, right. Um, so good. So now you have one or two probate deals. How do you then, you know, just make the decision? At some point, you start marketing in the probate space. What does that look like and, and how's that working? Um, I had one phone call that probably changed the course of my career. Um, I made one phone call to an attorney that over the course of a year and a half turned into almost 40 listings. That's fantastic. One phone That's call. Fantastic. Um, and obviously there's things that go into that, right? So there's, it's not just you call an attorney and you're going to get a whole bunch of business, right? So it was educate yourself. Well, it was really have a mentality of, of being, of taking action, then educate yourself and learn the process and then live in action every day so that when that time comes, you're ready, right? And so... I made that one phone call. I, I set up a meeting, I don't know, the next day. And it just kind of the stars aligned where he wasn't working with anybody and it just took off. And I think I see that, you know, in a couple of people in our market, a couple of people in other markets where it just takes the right one or two relationships. That's it. I've never had those particular relationships yet. But, but I also noticed that those relationships are more than just a lucky phone call. It's you put yourself in position, you did the hard work, but it's the relationship you've built together. There's something about you and the chemistry because I've seen right. other people with those relationships say, well, that's why that attorney works with an agent because they seem to have chemistry that we, I could never have with them for whatever reason. And so my guess is you've taken that relationship to a point where it's past just a phone call. It's they trust you at a level. They know what you can depend on. They know how you work. You communicate effectively with them, right? That, is that a fair assessment? Yeah, and it's how you present yourself, not only in person, but the first thing that 
you know, when you talk to an attorney, they're like, hey, I specialize in probate. Everyone says they specialize in probate, right? Yes. What's, the, yes. what's, the first, what's the first thing they're going to do? Send me an email. Yes. Once you send them an email, what's the second thing they're going to do? They're going to Google your name. Yeah. And then number one, do you have reviews from, from other clients who have been in probate? Number two, do you have a website? How do you present yourself to other people? Yeah. Do you have videos out there that shows that you are a leader in the industry that you claim to be? So all of those things, like that took me months before I made that phone call to really, number one, you know, have an online presence, have reviews, you know, from other people. And so that's, that's kind of what, what did it. Yeah. I mean, that's why I do these videos. Same thing, right? To create that presence and, and reputation exactly. among other people. It, you know, it's funny. Yesterday, one of the attorneys I've worked with, who we have a great relationship, he doesn't do a lot of probate deals, called me on a deal where the the property uh, is owned by two parties. One of them signed a list to another agent, but the other agent doesn't know what they're doing. And um, so my attorney, they had to sue them for a petition action, complicated discussion. Um, but he asked me, he said, have you done a partition sale? I said, well, I think that's something I'm really good at. I just closed one last week, it turns out. And I think what made me effective was I work with both parties, even though they're suing each other, they're both clients technically. And so you have to learn how to work with both sides in a professional manner, make them both feel heard and supported. And legally you have to do that as an agent. And by telling the agent, I literally just closed one last week. That took a lot of the uh, discussion off the table. But the person who's brand new, they don't have that. How do they, how do they get started? How do they get that first deal in this space? What do you what do you recommend? You must get that all the time. People look at your numbers, I must ask you that. How do you how do you get your first deal? Your first deal. I'm doing some real estate. See, when people ask me that and they're experienced agents, they say, you can't really be asking me that. Because if you've been in business for three, five years, you close 20, 30, 50 deals, either you did a probate. You have clients who have probate deals going on. You're just not talking to them enough to find out about it. Right. 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 You're not talking about estate planning and, and getting a, a, a living trust. You're letting them, you're selling the house, getting the commission, move on the next deal. What do you do to encourage that new agent to get started? Or do so you, if you work, if you work at any job, if you work at McDonald's and you have a full time job and you go in at, nine and you leave at five what are you doing for those eight hours you're working at mcdonald's whatever it is that you're doing right a lot of people think i'm in real estate now i get to set my own hours so i'm going to wake up at 10 i'm going to go to the gym i'm going to have lunch i'm going to hit the phone for an hour i'm going to make half a million bucks it just doesn't right. work that way it does not work that way say it again it doesn't, it doesn't work, work that way. way it doesn't work it, that way it doesn't work that way no, and listen know. my 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 wife hates it. I'm on the phone till 7 p.m. And it's just our life, right? So if you're going to be in real estate and you want to be successful in real estate, you have to live in action and you have to treat it like it's your job, right? Any business. So in any, business any, you do. any business. So what is your job in real estate? Our job is to very, to dummy it down. It's to talk to people about selling or buying real estate. Yep. So you want to be successful, spend majority of your time doing that. That's it. That's your job. That's really your That's job. Your yeah. That's it. Yeah. It's that simple. You want and to be people that you want to be at the top of probate. Talk to people that are going through the probate process from nine to five. That's your job. Yeah. Or, you know, because that's it's not challenging, but that that gets tiring, right? To do that all day, five days a week. You know, and so then use that to leverage and build relationships with the people that get those clients so that your mouth is going to be fed for the next 20, 30 years. Yeah, Both those relationships. Hector Aguilar, I see your hand up. You got a question for us? I have to unmute you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Hey, everyone. Good afternoon. Um, just wanted to touch base real quick. Um, I have a, I just took a probate listing and, uh, you know, I've been trying to get in front of probate attorneys, um, as we all try to write, but that's, uh, almost, uh, a near impossibility as Josh, he happily. Well, don't say that. Whoa, that's whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not make a mantra. It's not, impos it's not impossible, <laughs> but it is tough. So the reason why I'm, I'm asking this call is because I took a probate listing 
from an actual client, right? And so what kind of tips can you give me or give us in terms of how I can leverage that relationship through, you know, I have a copy of the letters that says that they have full authority. So what are the steps that you think I should take in order to get in front of that attorney and kind of start a good, strong relationship, right? Maybe this, this will be the catalyst to maybe five or 10 listings down the road. Great question, Josh. Do your, do your best freaking job at selling the house, number one. Um, uh, communicate regularly with the attorney. Send an, an update once or twice a week. Mr. Uh, attorney, Mr. Gross, um, good afternoon. Uh, writing you with an update. We have listed the property. Uh, we'll keep you updated as we receive offers so that you can send your notice of proposed action out. Send that once or twice a week. Attorneys love that. Love it. Number two, um, once you get a contract, you have a client, your client accepts the offer, make sure the contract is correct. Your listing agreement is correct. It's written to John Smith, administrator of the Juanita Smith estate. The purchase contract that you receive is written correctly. You send that out to the attorney so that they can do the NPA, 15 days follow up, get a copy of the letters, get the estate tax letter, get the NPA, get the death certificate. All of those things will show that you know what the hell you're doing. And then you're gonna build from that and you're gonna put that attorney and you're gonna call them however often that is, once a month, every other month, and you're gonna build that relationship. So then it turns into five, 10, 15, 20 deals. Yeah, uh, let me add a couple things. First, NPA notice of proposed action. So in California, when you have full authority, you either, uh, legally you may not need to in some cases, but title company will not issue title unless there's a notice of proposed action filed at least 15 days before the close. To prepare the, the document, the attorney needs the contract with all the terms in it. So, so given the terms, all the summarized terms, meaning if you have eight counter offers, give them a cover sheet with the actual terms of the contract. Uh, set out. Second, as Josh pointed out, the, the home run is the attorney. You know, I had an attorney literally today, you know, send me an email. I happen to know he's out of state. He's actually out of the country. He sent me an email asking for something. And I literally turned it around like in three minutes. He wanted a property profile. Could I have an assistant do it? Could I have a VA do it? Of course. But like the attorneys go right to my high priority email box. Mm -hmm. And I get on it right away. I respond right. I stop everything. Why? Because I only have to do that a couple of times a week or a month, and I have yeah. relations with people who give me business. Right. So you, the, the attorney relationship, you have to think of that as like a customer relationship times ten with the potential, and, right. and treat it accordingly. Um, and, and if I could add one more thing to what Josh said, the number one I think by volume of sales in LA County and probate is a former paralegal. One advantage she has is she knows how attorneys communicate. One mistake agents make is we act like agents. You want to act like the attorney. So your for, your email should look like their, their style of email. Your communication should look like their style of communication. So try to think like how they think to communicate at the level that they want to be communicated with is my best advice. Um, this is a great question. This is the home run question. Josh, any other things you want to add to that? How do I take that one deal and make it no more with an attorney? Any other suggestions? You're muted, okay. Sorry about that. We're having some technology problems today, man. This is world-class technology problems. I'm getting asked to mute, so it's on you, I think. Okay, there you go. Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah, I just want to say th there's no guarantee that uh, you know, you're going to build that relationship with the attorney, right? Like it's not because you hit a home run, like all of a sudden they're going to now refer you 20 deals. You know, it's it's task over time over task, right? The the longer that you do it. Right. And the and the the reputation that you build uh, will spread. So um, there's a there's a new documentary uh, that just came out on Netflix. My wife and I are watching it. Uh, it's the Kanye West uh, documentary, which is amazing. It's called Genius. And it, it we're like on the second or third episode, but it's documenting everything from the beginning of Kanye's career about what he did in order to get where he's at now, right? And so he started as a producer making beats for Jay-Z, for these big artists, right? But he wanted to be a rapper. 
So he would go and show up to record offices, to the headquarters, to Rockefeller Records, and he would play the record for all the people at the offices. And he just wouldn't take no for an answer. And I just, it kind of like gives me goosebumps because that's literally what you have to do, you know, and you just, you're going to get doors shut in your face. You're going to get people to tell you, you know, I already worked with somebody, but just keep going, you know, keep calling them, call them every week, not every week, call them once a month. Send them an email. Hey, I just closed this probate sale. Hey, I just closed this trust estate. Have you ever had an issue where this happens? Then people know, hey, man, this guy knows what the hell he's doing. He's been through it. Yep. He's doing more than the agent that I'm using now. Yep. Great advice. Great and then advice. It just okay. up. I saw that my hand go up, but now it went down. Maybe I'll jump off the call. Okay, so anybody else who has questions, go ahead and either put, again, for security reasons. Thank you, Hector. Thanks for the call. A question. That was fantastic. <laughs> Somebody um, said you have to be you have to be annoying to become successful. You have to be annoying. Yeah, somebody put in the chat. You have to be annoying to become successful. You have to annoy some people to get create value for other people. I would say. Man, um, that's the question. Josh, you get involved at all in uh, probate court confirmation sales? A few, but uh, majority of the ones I do are are full. Right. So I happen to focus on the court confirmation sales for investors. I do a lot of work and that's been a great source of my business. Yep. So many ask, what happens when you win something through probate, but the, I guess this could be also be full or limited, but the person, and this could be any sale, stays in the house, refuses to leave, is the court always letting you know when the place is empty? Well, that's a good question. So let's just talk about in general, what happens in real estate when you buy a property and it's tenant occupied and the tenant doesn't want to move out? What do you do? Not good. No bueno. No. Can happen. Not good. What, what happens if the seller doesn't want to move out? Not good. Been had yeah. it happen. Part of life. Yeah. That's why you want to get the seller out a day early. You want to go walk through, make sure they're out. You, um, I had a case where uh, we bought in probate court and we're supposed to close. This was right when COVID started, like the first week. This is like March 17th or something. And the seller had a friend crashing at the house, like a million and a half house. And they said, we want him to stay there until we confirm recording. I said, no, no, no. He's got to be out. When we do the walkthrough, he's gone. We're not going to inherit any. And the guy wouldn't leave. And we avoid a problem. So to answer your question, I think that's a complicated question for all real estate. Do you come across yeah. those, Josh? You get sellers that are tenants that will move out, squatters will move out, anything special? You're, yeah, especially in LA, especially during COVID. It's a whole yeah. uh, piece of my business. I give class on hours on that. I think, I think Manny, I think what I'm going to say to you is uh, on a probate listing, you know, like any real estate, there's an estate and they're responsible for the property and you have to protect your client. And if you're representing the buyer, you can make sure that everybody's out before you close escrow. And you got to do what you got to do. To pretend it, you cannot wait to close and have the mood out afterwards or else you're taking a risk. I think that as a real estate agent, I'm going to say, I think that's irresponsible. Um, and I'll tell you another little trick if you buy some probate is it's, you know, there's, a, there's an RPA. It says you get a walkthrough. It says it's broom swept clean. It doesn't say the tenant stuff still in the house. So right. I, I definitely insist that they're all in. Um, uh, Sabrina asks, is it Kevin Sells? It's Kevin S-A-Y-L-E-S. Kevin S-A-Y-L-E-S. And he's, he's been on this call for me as a guest. He's been on this call for me as a substitute. He's a great guy. Kevin Sales, S-A-Y-L-E-S. It's Kevin, KevinSells.com, and he's also at the lawyer's title. Uh, Sean says he's taking calls after 9 p.m. during summer months. Sean, I got to tell you, if you call me after 9 o'clock, it's going to my voicemail. Yep, absolutely. Josh, you, are you taking calls after? Now, you got a baby now, Josh, right? Yes. If I if you, I pick up the phone after 7.30, my wife is giving me the mean eye. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Trish asks, besides probate attorneys, who else might be able to refer probate business? Are the attorneys the best place to start? Josh, what's your, I have an answer, but Josh, what's your answer to that? Where else can you get probate referrals? Hey, hey you know, um, one thing that I've noticed recently, a lot of times, uh, you know, really the, the paralegal is the one that's yeah. making the referral, right? Because yeah. they have more of the the one-to-one -one, uh, communication with the client. Right. Um, and sometimes, in, and it doesn't work for every firm, but in some firms, that's really you're in and that's who, you, you know, you have to identify who's, who's the person that's 
making the connection. Yeah. Yeah. And so sometimes pre-COVID, you, you go to the law firm, you meet the attorney, you take them out to lunch, you better bring some food for that paralegal, some donuts, yeah. muffin, whatever be nice stuff too. Don't bring the cheap stuff in to the yeah. paralegal work hard all day long. Um, but I'll tell you this, I'll say this. I teach 11 ways to get sales on probate, uh, especially a big market like California. There's a lot of ways. For example, I met a gal uh, in Georgia. Her, she was a realtor and her best friend happened to work for like a adult community. And uh, the kind where they where you have to be, have a reservation to get in. And you know people are selling their houses to move into these places. And she got referrals by, she had a friend refer to a couple of deals. And she realized her friend, uh, if I got coaching her, her friend worked for a company that had like 40 properties and her friend covered two or three and there's 20 other of her friends on this corporate sales team. And I said, well, have you called the other 19 and introduce yourself? How about you go to their sales meeting and bring lunch and talk about how you've worked effectively to help them get the house sold uh, and get through the process. So I'll say that you could take any niche and master it because yeah. there's a different language. She was a nurse herself. She knew kind of the questions to ask. She knew the particular emotions involved in that, in that process. So I would say, uh, Trish, take a look at your business and what assets you have to bring to the business. My father was an attorney. I used to work in his law firm in the summers. I, I was pre-law in college. I could act like an attorney. That worked for me. But most people, it doesn't really make sense. There's other ways. Like I said, the one lady I know who does a lot, she was a paralegal. For her, it makes a lot of sense to market to attorneys. But for most of us, find some other angle that you bring some unique resources to. Maybe it's real estate investing or wholesalers. Uh, sometimes attorneys want to be investors and wholesalers as well. Find some other angle to get in that fits you best. Don't pick one that that just copying other people. Uh, Tashia says you have to be annoying to be successful. I'm not gonna say that. Persistent, not a pain. Um, okay, Joanne says, I'm a paralegal and realtor in North Carolina. And question different to a trust sale. As a listing agent, I asked for a copy of the trust to determine the success of trustee. What about concerns with additional errors? So, you know, it's, it's great that you do that, Joanna. To be honest, I usually have that material and give it to my title company and have them review it for me. But if you're preparing those documents and have, you know, the expertise and the comfort and, and the relationship with them, for sure, uh, that's fantastic. But the, at the end of the day, if they want to sell the property, the title company is going to have to insure the title. If they say it's good enough, it's good enough. If they say it's not good enough, it's not good enough. So I would say be careful not to make the decision for the client, but offer the service of reviewing the documents and then uh, by getting the title company and get your title rep to tell you is what you have sufficient enough or not for that particular deal. Okay, any other questions or comments? Again, we for security, uh, we have a big group on the call. We have 60 people today uh, live. And so we have to keep people um, muted unless you raise your hand or you put the chat box, you have a question. I'm glad to call on you for a question that we want to share with anybody. Anybody have any questions? Raise your hand, chat box, or if you're on the live stream. Oh, here you go. Uh, uh, Peter asked us on the YouTube channel, what are you referring to by NPA? And I know you covered that quickly. I think you even said it once, but uh, Josh, what is an NPA and how does that play out in the Yeah, the NPA stands for Notice of Proposed Action, right? So once you've accepted an offer on uh, a probate estate, uh, this notice, this form goes out to all of the beneficiaries. They have to, they have the, uh, basically you have to give them notice whether they want to accept, uh, consent or object to the sale. There's a 15 day statutory period um in which you must wait unless there is a waiver of that notice of proposed action by all of the beneficiaries so if there's only like one or two beneficiaries they both consent you know there's like a seven day escrow and they say yeah we, we both consent that you can close within that seven days otherwise you're waiting 15 days before the mpa is good and then now you can close on the escrow sometimes attorneys want to wait until they clear contingencies because you'll negotiate concessions and the price or the terms, which yeah. means you have to reissue the NPA. Or if you wait to that point, now you want to close, you can't close for 15 days unless, as Josh said, uh, all of the errors waived. So I have a case recently where we want to close within a week and we have five errors and we're rushing around getting the other four errors to sign off on it so we can close on time. So 
Uh, great description, Josh. Thanks so much. Great question, Peter. Thank you for the question. Any other questions, either if you're on YouTube or the YouTube channel? Uh, any questions on YouTube or Facebook? Uh, feel free to come in as well. Um, or um, if you're on the Zoom live, raise your hand. There you go, Joanna Jensen. Let's see here. We ask you to unmute, and uh, your camera's off, so we can't put you on camera. But um, go ahead and ask your question, Joanna. Hi, Bill. I want to clarify. I sent the text message a second ago. So I guess my, because I've taken the probate course through CAR, and they, they really covered probate, but they didn't cover trust. So my question is, and as a paralegal, I've, you know, all these other questions pop up. So, so if I'm a listing agent and a successor trustee wants to list their home. I don't need to worry about it going through a court process because it's in a trust, correct? I just deal with the successor trustee. Are they fighting? Well, this could be a question only because um, I'm going to be litigating a case. And so this is what I'm curious, like what is my fiduciary duty uh, to find out, do I need to meet with every person that, like every potential beneficiary, or only the successor trustee? Because it's you don't it's, have any duty unless you're representing the the trust. You don't have okay. any duty to the beneficiaries. You're representing most commonly. You're representing the uh, trustee, the successor trustee, right? Uh, and and so uh, unless you take on your fiduciary on behalf of the entire trust that's a different discussion but generally speaking um i do think that we really want to have a radar up because you don't want to get into a lawsuit or you don't want exactly. to close the door, but that's a lawsuit right so you have to have a radar right. up if you if you know a problem and know there's some sort of um, um objections you want to be careful and, and and do some research and such but generally speaking on a trust our duty is if we have the successor trustee they give us documents, you take them to the title company, and if they have the sufficient, that's all you really need to do. Okay, so then on the flip side, like right now I have an investor, we're looking for properties, and I'm looking for probate sales. So mm -hmm. do I have the right to ask for a copy of the trust? You can ask for anything you want in life. But many, they probably won't, won't give you a copy. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm, well, if you're I, looking I for... If you're looking for probates, there's not going to be a trust. I, I no, I understand that. I'm, I understand. It's a completely, it's probate is different. Trust, there is no probate. I understand that. I misspoke. So I, I'm talking about a trust. And, and my concern is no attorney often that oversees a, a trust sale. So that I just want to make sure of my I do duty. Think, yeah, I do think, I think part of what you're asking, maybe I can ask you a question differently. What do you do to protect your buyer in that case? You know, we do in California have the representative uh, form RCSD, and then we also now have the, on the purchase agreement the form as well, where they're clarifying their role and they're certifying that they're authorized to do or not. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't get to force them to give us the source document. What we can do okay. is take it to the top company and say, before we clear contingencies, we need to verify that you have the authority, and, and it's the top okay. company ultimately makes that decision. And again, the thing I want to emphasize is. There's legal, and then there's what's title insurable. And sometimes the title insurance standards higher than what's legal. An attorney will argue with you and say, well, that's not required. And I would say, that's great. You're right, it's legally not required, but I can't get title insurance unless I get that. And that's where the deal will be made or broken. And, and that's where you have to be valued attorney by knowing where those limits are and what documentation you need. Okay, awesome. Perfect. Thank you. I really appreciate that. You clarified it for me. Thanks. Um, and Mary Perdomo, see your hand up. How can we help you? Hi, good afternoon. Thank you so much for the uh, information. Great information. I have done probate, uh, probates before, but I do have a, a client right now that her husband passed away and the house is obviously joint tenancy. So um, he passed away. He did not leave a will for the stepson. She doesn't have any kids with him. He, she didn't have any kids with him. So one of the stepsons is a lawyer. So he's come up to her door and said, I want you to give me the house. I will give you some money and a gift of equity. 
Otherwise, I'm going to sue you and do a, uh, a probate on your house and put a lien on your house that you cannot sell it. So um, I refer her to a real estate attorney and uh, we're dealing with that. But, you know, any thoughts on that case? I mean, he's an attorney. He's a workers' compensation attorney. He wants to buy the house um, from her, like, you know, by owner. He doesn't want me to get involved, obviously, because um, he wants to do it his way. But um, that's what I'm dealing with right now. And I just started the process and, you know, and I, um, I'd like to give her the best advice that I can. Okay. So he, he is the son of this man's second wife. No, he is the son of the first wife that passed away. So she is the second wife that. Oh, um, I see. Mm -hmm. and, and so the and, house was, he actually added her, added her to the title 10 years ago. Yes, he, he had the second wife. So title was held by husband and second wife as joint tenants, as community property, as. Joint tenants. It was never a trust yeah. with the, uh, yeah. you know. So here's the thing. If this is now again, this is a legal question. You have to be careful about giving legal advice. And you want to talk to your title representative. And then once they tell you, you can then quote them. Right. But here's what you're going to find. If, if a man remarried, he takes title in the name of him and his um, new wife, his joint tenants, they're not a deed. Uh, the old, the, the children, the old wife kind of lost their right to it. Right. It'd be different if it was still titled in, in the other mother. Uh, he passed, but if, if it's titled in, in husband and second wife, um, it, it's going to pass from the husband to the second wife, and the Hi. son's not going to have much. So he may need she, she may need to get an attorney, and you know the, the fastest course of action for her would be to um, um, well I, I you know anybody can sue me for anything, so you have to you you have to kind of to fight a bully, you have to get your own bully I think to fight back. So I'm not sure right. the particulars in this case, but I at the end of the day, uh, the new wife, she's titled. Did you pull out of yourself and look at it? You looked at the deed? Yeah, the deed, yes. She actually went to the real estate attorney who put the house in her name only now. She just got then the title. I think then I, I would say she's home free. And, and of course, if he sues her, she's going to have to answer the lawsuit. But I don't think it's going to go very far. He can file yeah. a probate, but it's not going to resolve anything. Yeah, he called me and he not put the house on the market because I will put a lien on that house and you won't be able to sell it. You know, that's again, that's that's interfering with your contract. There's a million things. Anybody can sue anybody for anything. And I'll also tell you this, if an attorney who does workman's comp for a living probably knows nothing about probate. So uh, that's just attorneys <laughs> in general, the average attorney and below average sound like they know everything and they know nothing. They're kind of like politicians. All politicians are attorneys. I don't know if you know that. Almost right. all. They sound great. They don't know what the heck they're talking about, but they sound great. And so the attorney can threaten her and, and may, but at the end of the day, she's titled on the property. Not much he's going to do about it. Right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for sure. your time. But to work with your title up and get them to verify the documents and you'll get changed. Thank you very um, much. Good. Uh, Maria Valencia, I see your hand up. Let me ask you to unmute. How can we help you? Yes. Hi. Thank you for this lots of great information. I am currently working on a probate, which the seller does not have an attorney. Um, he had a someone's helping him. He helped him file the paperwork. I asked him for the notice of proposed action. The uh, person helping him uh, told me that he had full authority so that he's not going to need the notice of proposed right. action. Is right. that is he correct? Well, again, yeah, I think I said this before. He's correct legally. Legally, it's not required. If he's a sole heir, you don't need to do that. But the title company won't insure title without it. Right. I already so, checked with two title companies, and they both said the same. <laughs> so what you want to make sure when you bring it back to the the, the document person, and I, and I also think, Mike, normally this kind of thing happens when you have not done what Josh talked about, which is you missed making the document preparer your new best friend. He or she should be your best friend. But there's a little adversarial thing. They want to show you how good and valuable they are. And you have to be very careful how you work the relationship. So I would make sure that I told her, well, I, I'm, I agree with you. And I know you're right. Legally, we don't need this. But the title companies won't insure it. Let me give you the name and number. If you can talk them into it, I'd love it. 
but there's no other option if they weren't sure the title we can't sell the house make sure it's not you arguing with him or her it's the title rep arguing with him or her from a relationship point of view you don't want to be in disagreement with your prospect you want to agree with them and get them to understand they'll discover that you can be right or you can be rich but you can't be both in this case she might be right thanks for listening to go first the house isn't going to sell does that help a little bit josh yes, do you want thank anything you. on that josh want anything on that yeah i agree everything you said <laughs> i agree do you guys have any advice since he does not have an attorney he's working with a i think maybe i don't even know if he's a paralegal somebody's helping him file the paperwork do you have any advice on that since he does not have an attorney i mean advise i him find to use an attorney or hire an attorney pay for it if you're a real estate agent and you're gonna paid i don't know you 10 15 20 thousand dollars or more on a sale you might want to just buy an hour of the tree's time and get, give him a free consult or half an hour or whatever and just like to buy a half hour consult for my client can you explain to them why we need to get this and get them on board uh, with the notice of proposed action they don't have to take the case on they can just give the client the advice on the prosper house maybe that's another option where, uh, Marie, where do you uh, sell real estate uh the san fernando valley okay here in california so there's a million probate attorneys but i would also get bored with that look uh, the person who prepared is, is they're a paralegal of some sort do they do this regularly in probate or, or are they more of a paralegal in this like the one time they do a probate i, I believe they do this regularly because when i spoke with him he said uh let me talk to the probate attorney so he must work for a probate i would make that person my new best friend i, I i'm glad to, to get the name and talk to myself because mm -hmm. I some <laughs> but i think for you this is your opportunity it's just like josh said I, i'm going to quote josh here the paralegal can be more valuable than an attorney because they do more volume they may only charge 500 bucks or thousand bucks but they do more volume and so i would definitely urge you to make a relationship with that person go meet them bring them some brownies or cupcakes or Girl Scout, who says no to Girl Scout cookies? Something, uh, but make them your best friend and just do your best to get them to learn that it doesn't matter if you legally need the MP or not, we can't close escrow without, there's no around it. Are you in escrow currently? No, 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 we're not yet. We're gonna be, uh, we're working on counter offers right now. Oh, and you know, I would say you're a little ahead of yourself because I would rather not get the MP until all the contingencies are waived let the escrow be the bearer of bad news to her, right? You don't have to do it. Let them step out of it. You know, at this point, you don't need to disagree with her, but I, I would still work on her and make my best friend, but I, I, you don't need to be right yet. You just have to be right later when you close the deal. Right. right? Yes. Don't let it hold you up. Yeah, thank you. Sure. Veronica asked, could you move your property into a trust at this point to protect her? You know, that is an interesting option. If you're in counter offers, she had to create a, a, a living trust, put the property in the trust, uh, and then, uh, but uh, there's no reason to do that in this case. This, this, this is already in probate and she already has a buyer on it. Okay, other questions. Uh, oh, we're almost done. We're past the end of the hour here. Um, look, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to wrap up. Thank you so much. Uh, Josh uh, Vivas is a probate superstar real estate agent in Los Angeles, probably Hollywood area, Los Feliz, where are you located? Uh, my office is in Studio City. Studio City, but does business all yeah. over LA County. All over. Kills it. Works with great attorneys. Uh, gets referrals. Uh, really is a success story. Josh, I really appreciate you being on today. And I think giving hope to people starting out. Someday you could you start off in who you are. And one day, if you work hard, you can be like Josh. Right? Thanks, Bill. So thanks appreciate so much for the call. I really appreciate Appreciate your friendship along the way. You know, it's tough business. All of us need to learn to work together more effectively. And Josh has been a good friend of mine. The last two three years that we've been on this path together so um again hey, i'm thankful um, to you I, I just want to say i'm thankful to you man because i learned so much from you you're one of the the pillars of of my education right so if i trace okay. it back you know i trace it back to to paul horn's class to you at stanley moss to chad to, to the bunch of youtube videos from chad corbett and all the little nuggets that i've picked up from from probate attorneys in the process you know so you're a pillar of that so i appreciate you man thanks someone wants to get a hold of you for more info what's the best way to reach you or find you uh joshvrealty.com my cell phone is on there uh email and Josh. cell phone and v realty like victor 
Realty. Josh, uh, vrealty.com. So go there and there's a cell phone number. Reach out to him. Give him yeah. those good referrals. Work with him. Ask him those tough questions. He'll help you solve them and you'll get paid. So anyhow, Josh, thanks again, man. It's been great working with you. As always, great chatting with you. Likewise, you. Thank you for being on here. We do this every week, every Thursday, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern time. It's also streamed live on Facebook and uh, YouTube. And we also record it there at Bill Gross EXP. Hey, it's Bill Gross. I hope you like this video. If you want to join us live every Thursday, 4 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Eastern, register at probateweekly.com, www.probateweekly.com. And if you like this content, hit the like button and subscribe and hit notifications, and you get notified as soon as we upload every time. Thanks.